This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, September 11th, a date we will always, always remember. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is still partying after his wife's birthday last night. Uh, so I'm joined up with a man whose mask always fogs up, Jason Shepard. Yeah, that was uh, quite the side story last night during the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs-Houston uh, Texans season opening game. Uh, Andy Reid's face mask was uh, quite foggy. <laughs> look, look, look at that. <laughs> look, all right. I know the technology exists for anti-fog stuff, all right? I just went and bought a, a mirror yeah. so that I could shave in the shower, okay? Yeah. I know the technology exists. Can we not get the man who just won a Super Bowl an anti-fog mask? I want him to be able to eat a cheeseburger under that thing. <laughs> and call plays. Yeah, it, I mean, it got rainy. That's it, Yes, it got, main, yes. But it was, it was a little steamy in there uh, earlier well, in the For half the of the game, it was just the bottom half. And so, you know, at least from, like, the nose up, he could see, but it got so bad, he kind of had to flip it up so he could see. Because he calls the plays for the Chiefs. Right. He's the one that calls the offensive, offensive plays. Yeah. So he had to, like, raise that up so that he could see the, the chart. Yeah. Let's get the man an anti-fog <laughs> mask, all right? He's the Super Bowl head coach of the winning team. You know, come on. Let's go. There's too many calls that have an H. Hello. Yeah, just yeah. breathing out constantly. <laughs> well, as mentioned earlier on uh, Tuesday night, BYU announced that it's playing Troy in front of 6,000 fans in the home opener on September 26th. The university has now released a statement regarding that game and plans at home this season. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Here's the statement. BYU is excited about the opportunity to have fans in attendance at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this fall. In an effort to best ensure a safe stadium environment, the university is taking a game-by-game phased-in approach regarding attendance at home games. As announced, the home opener versus Troy on September 26th will have approximately 6,000 in attendance. BYU hopes to increase attendance game-by-game after carefully monitoring for a safe and positive stadium experience. The university developed a comprehensive plan that divides Lavelle Edwards Stadium into four separate sections to allow for greater distancing and minimizes contact between the total number of attendees. Here's the breaking news part. By carefully managing each section as a separate outdoor event, BYU hopes to eventually have up to 24,000 fans in the stadium, 6,000 in each section. The plan has been reviewed and approved by the Utah Department of Health, and local health departments. We ask all those who attend to please follow state and BYU requirements as this will play an important role in increasing attendance at future games. Jason, what's your reaction? Uh, First off, number one, it's fantastic that BYU is going to have fans of any number in attendance. That is a big deal, and everybody should be commended that we're in a position to be able to do that. But I I love the fact that, that you have an opportunity, as long as everybody will follow the rules and the guidelines that the state of Utah has put in place in terms of wearing face coverings, things like that, the opportunity to go from 6,000, which is 10% capacity at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, all the way up to 24,000, which is 40% of capacity. That's exciting to be able to have the opportunity for that to game after game to kind of be reevaluated 
and possibly increase up to 24,000. That's, that's fantastic news for BYU fans that are excited about this team for an opportunity to see them in person. Yeah, it is cool to have fans at all. That's great. BYU, uh, or Utah rather, is uh, not green, not orange, but yellow. Correct. I was hoping for 24 out of the gate. I really was. I, I'm glad there are fans at all. That's great. Let's hope BYU can get to 24 quickly. Like, if things go really well after Troy, I don't know how quick they get to 24, but that would be nice because, like you said, 38% is a good number. That would be competitive with, I dare say, anyone nationally in terms of uh, what a a crowd in their stadium. That would be great. Last night for the Chiefs game, it was 22% capacity. So that'd be good. And let's be honest, everyone that's going to the Troy game, it's up to you how many people are at the future games. So wear your mask and follow the protocol so we can do this. And let's be honest, the fans will play a big role not only in how many fans are at the future games, but the game itself. Because that's the point of going to the game is to enjoy, make some noise, have an impact on the game. Last night, at 22% capacity on the Chiefs game, guess who was really loud? Those fans. Absolutely. It sounded normalist yes, to me. I was it ex- really did. I was very surprised how normal it sounded. with, with And they announced just shy of 16,000. I was surprised at, at how loud and normal it sounded. Look, what's exciting about all this is this is, this is easily attainable if everybody will go in the right frame of mind and wear the mask because the Utah Department of Health has already said, yes, so they, this is possible. Yes, so BYU is choosing to do a phased-in approach. Yes. Y- Utah has sanctioned 24K. 24K. So that's great. Fantastic. It's, it's not 80K, but it's 24K. See what I did there? <laughs> okay, here's what's on the show today. A BYU running back, sadly, is out for the season. We'll tell you who it is and what it means for the group. Offensive line coach Eric Mateos isn't ready to drink that poison, a.k.a. praises group. He's just not. The conversation with Jason from last night with the offensive line coach. And first-team All-American Michaela Coolahan. Man, she's awesome. She will join us ahead of the scrimmage tomorrow uh, with women's soccer that you can watch on the BYU TV app. They canceled the season. We don't care. We're still bringing you a women's soccer game, plus our NFL projections for Cougars in the NFL. It's loaded, so let's get to today's headlines. BYU running back Jackson McChesney is out for the season due to Uh. a Liz Frank injury that he suffered during the win at Navy. McChesney posted yesterday on Instagram that he had successful surgery last night after BYU football practice. Head coach Kalani Satake discussed BYU's options for depth at running back. We had to shift Tyler Algier over from linebacker to, to running back last year, and so uh, we have a lot of guys that can swing that way as well, and on from the defense to the offense, and and also change positions. So, um, you know, Kyrus keeps mentioning that he would love to play running back too. So, and so with Bracken Bakri, and I'm sure Brady Christensen would like to. But uh, you know, we, we, <laughs> right now we'll just focus on getting the guys there. I, I feel good with the, the, the two guys right now. I'm getting Sione back and. We have a number of other guys that I think could really fit in, and, and we'll, we'll see how they work. We'll discuss the depth at running back, uh, but if you recall, Kyrus Tonga did actually score a touchdown. He has rushed the ball. It happened against Idaho State. Yeah, we have seen this. And uh, it was pretty awesome. I wouldn't be opposed to this occasionally. Uh, here, The big man uh, just rumbles his way in, and this is this this was the most seismic activity. Good luck um, trying to stop that, Against the a way. team from Pocatello since who knows what. So, yeah, uh, Kairos Tonga, perhaps, at running back. Uh, we'll see in jest. Zach Wilson wins the Manning Award based on a vote against seven other players in the All-State Sugar Bowl's Facebook contest. We know that BYU loves a good contest. We know that Johnny Linehan and his bots will show up. Wilson went 13 of 18 for 232 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. 206 pass efficiency rating, which is excellent. Just the fourth time he's done 200-plus. BYU scored six touchdowns with Wilson at quarterback. 
How about this? Some interesting basketball news. CBS Sports College basketball insider John Rothstein reports that several conference executives have informed teams in their respective leagues that they should plan on playing eight non-conference games this upcoming season. Now, the NCAA is expected to announce the official start date sometime next week. Interesting. We'll discuss whether we like the idea of eight as opposed to what's normally 15. Is eight great? Is eight great? We'll discuss. Plus, our first summary of Cougars in the NFL. Congratulations to Jason, Andy Reid, and Daniel Sorensen. For the Chiefs, 34-20 win over the Texans in the season opening game in the NFL. Plenty of Cougars in action this weekend as well. And, of course, I'm wearing a Russell Wilson jersey, so go Seahawks at Atlanta Falcons on Sunday morning. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, football equals injuries. It's just what it is. Unfortunately, Jackson McChesney is the latest victim for BYU as Matt Bushman with an Achilles a week ago, and then Jackson McChesney. Uh, Those crazily happen on Mondays in back-to-back weeks. Jackson McChesney out for the season with a ligament tear in his foot. It's a bummer for the third-string running back who we expected to get a lot lot more snaps this year. So what does this mean for... The running backs. Well, first and foremost, it stinks for Jackson. I mean, by all accounts, he had regained his pre-mission legs in terms of uh, Blaine strength. Blaine was big on that, B- right? Blaine, I, t- I have yeah. talked to Blaine a lot about Jackson McChesney, and he was raving about what he saw, that the speed was back, that everything that you had seen from Jackson prior to his mission was returning, and so he was, he was looking for a big year from him. Uh, so it's a shame that the season is over for him. In terms of the impact from the running backs – I, I'm not sure that it is felt as much. That stuff's falling off the stuff set. Is, stuff is falling calm, off. Jason, calm down. Something on the set may have just had a Liz Frank injury. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Uh, the impact I don't think is felt as strong as long as Lopini and Tyler Algier stay healthy. Heaven forbid something were to happen to either one of those. Then I think the loss is felt more significantly because clearly based off of what we saw, McChesney was third in that depth chart. Yes. So you yes. have Lopini, you have Tyler Argier. Clearly we saw they're capable of carrying the load. After game one. After, game, after awesome. game one. So the I number think, one rushing offense yes. in the country yes. right now. I think as long as those two are there, the, the, the impact is minimal. It's a luxury to have a third guy that's capable of the things that we believe Jackson McChesney is capable of. If one of those two go down, that's when I think you feel it because then – the depth is needed, and at that point, then your depth is depleted somewhat. Yes, Jackson was going to get a bunch of run. This is a three-star kid out of uh, Alpine up the road at Lone Peak that we've been excited about for a couple of years. His brother Austin was uh, a defensive back. Um, this is a bummer because he was going to develop a ton. He was a redshirt freshman. He played uh, just a couple of games last year. He's going to be a third-year redshirt freshman next year because <laughs> it's a free year for everybody. It's going to be gnarly. He truly could be the 26-year-old running back for BYU when all is said and done. But you're exactly right. The onus now falls on Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa to not only carry the load, and they were going to, but to stay healthy Yeah, because BYU does not have depth behind them. However, Sione Finau is coming back from an uh, ACL uh, injury last year, suffered uh, and. He was going to be in the mix for a lot of PT this year. He looked really good in limited Got action. Got hurt at the end of last as year. As a freshman. So, yeah, he is not back yet. He's, he's in the mix in practice, but he is not ready to play. And it feels like it's going to be a little bit. Uh, Kalani Satake mentioning um, you know, that, that idea that it's, he's, he's at practice, but how long before he gets back. But he is certainly the number three the, the moment he is able to play in a game. And then you look at uh, the offensive line. The good news is BYU had – 
as good of a, a performance running the ball as maybe they've ever had um, on Monday. It was very impressive. We'll talk to Eric Mateos coming up about that, uh, your conversation with him. They can help an okay running back become good. I, th- I think this O-line is good enough for that. BYU has two good, uh, good plus. They have two plus running backs right now. Um, when, when you look at the guys behind them, though, that's where I think this O-line could help someone who perhaps doesn't have as much experience or initial skill to become pretty good because that O-line is, is, is going. And does somebody move from defense to offense? Does BYU feel like they need to do that? That all depends on how ready the people are behind Lopini Catone and Tyler Algier. We saw Tyler Algier move from linebacker mm-hmm. to running back after moving from running back to linebacker last year. Look, it, we'll see if there's someone else. Well, there's already been guys. There's, there's players that, that maybe you thought would even be in the running back mix this year. I mean, Kavika Fonua is a guy that's, that's played both linebacker and then he's running back. Jackson Kafusi is a guy that had been a running back. He was a running back, back in spring. Yeah, in spring. So, I mean, it's, it's not like the, the, the seed was he, maybe planted was back then. kind of more fullback-ish. We're talking about the ball exactly. carrier. Exactly. But, but still, I think there are options there if that's the angle that they decide to go in terms of taking somebody from you know, the defensive side and, and moving them over. And then again, you know, as Kalani said, Kyrus is probably England for a carrier or two here. here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, and the running backs have been riddled with issues, whether it be injury or transferring, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Of the 10 running backs BYU had on the roster in the past two months, five are available to play. Let's walk through them, shall we? In no particular order. Lopini Katoa, Tyler Algier, Devontae Henry-Cole comes from Utah. He transferred to Utah State. They don't play. Sione Finau, still recovering from an injury. Jackson McChesney, out for the year, Liz Frank. Hinkley Ropati, reportedly out for the year with a knee injury. He, right now, Hinkley Ropati would have been the clear number three if he was on this, uh, the squad. Bruce Garrett left the team, a talented running back, went into the transfer portal during fall camp. And then these other three dudes. So it's Katoa Algier and then Chase Wester, Luke Andrada, speedster out of Colorado, wide receiver, running back guy. Javel Brown came over from running back as well. Wide receiver, two running back. So right now it's, it, it makes you a little nervous to have three, four, and five be guys that haven't quite played a ton There's of There's no position. experience in terms of BYU's depth behind right. the two running backs. Maybe BYU throws some of those guys in if they need it, and they're fantastic. Who knows? But just limited to no experience for those guys at that position quite yet. So I'm wondering um, you know, how quickly Sione Finau can get back. And then don't forget my point about the offensive line. I think they could really aid in this process of, hey, some of those holes are so big, it doesn't matter how right. good you are. Yeah, that, that's... Jason Shepard can run through those holes, baby. Well, I mean, look, they're for good. I don't know if they're that good Ball for three, me to do anything. Three feet, that's one yard. Yeah. Okay, I can... All right, fine. Yeah. All right, I like your confidence in me. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm glad that you perceived it as that. <laughs> <laughs> or snark, either way, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, with the offensive line playing as well as they did, and certainly we anticipate that type of play to continue just simply because of the the talent. And speaking of depth, the depth that they have at offensive line, I I do agree that they're going to make, and this is not taking anything away from the running backs, they're going to make running backs look good. Now, the running backs are already talented, but when you're running behind a line like that, you're going to look even better. It starts there. Yeah, it it starts up front. Listen, our offensive line is the production team. We're only as good it's as true. the production it's team true. can help us look good. We're, we're a bunch of, well, you're excellent, but I'm just a slouch up here talking. If the lighting's bad, if stuff's misspent, no, our crew is awesome. They are like the BYU offensive line. For In oh, health, you mean and being able to stay healthy if you're Lopini and Tyler Algier is 
paramount yes. at this point right now. I, I would uh, take it easy and practice a little bit with them. I really would because there's no margin for error there. Who knows when Sione Finau is going to be ready? And if Finau's in the mix, he's a good player. We saw that, we against, saw that last, last saw year. that against Boise State. Our question of the day, what impact will the Jackson McChesney injury have on the BYU offense this season? Let's get to Voice of the Nation presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Bryant Walker Ford. If the top two running backs go down at any point in the season, BYU is going to be in serious trouble now that their third-string running back is also injured. He didn't play a lot at Navy, but when he touched the ball, it was for a lot of yards. By the way, the injury occurred before the end of the game. Jackson McChesney scored a touchdown on a Liz Frank. We saw Just Taysom as Hill. Taysom Hill yes. did in 2015, playing the entire third quarter. So it's notable that Jackson uh, noticed that he was hurt said something, and still played through that, which is pretty gnarly to have ligaments tear in your feet, basically in the mid part of the foot, uh, and still played through that, man. That's, that's pretty wild. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, is this year's BYU offense the best in the last five years? Someone thinks so. Interesting. A player on the team, we'll play that for you. And first-team All-American player, soccer player, Michaela Coulihan, on the lack of a season, what they're preparing for potentially in the spring. And the scrimmage tomorrow on the BYU TV app. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tune into the BYU TV app tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern time for the Blue versus White soccer game. The event is not open to the public, giving everybody a chance to tune into BYU women's soccer on the BYU TV app. I'm very excited about this. This is our first broadcast of the 2020-21 season. And yes, the season was canceled, yep. but you're going to get a chance to see a team that went to the Elite Eight last year is building for what maybe will be a spring season. Who knows? But at least for next year, and they are talented. And it's always good to talk to first-team All-Americans, and that's what we're going to do right now. Michaela Coulihan now joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Michaela, it's great to have you. I know the season's been canceled, but how are you feeling about school and practice and this scrimmage tomorrow night? Yeah, it's uh, everything's crazy, as I'm sure you guys know and everybody else does, but Super excited. Um, I'm glad that we can at least practice and be together as a team because a lot of others out there can't do that right now. So that's good at least. And yeah, our scrimmage, I'm super excited. And it's kind of weird to have a blue and white game that you're super excited for because usually that's the less exciting things. But yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for tomorrow. Yeah. Have you coped with the cancellation of the season emotionally? Is that, is that a thing you're over or are you still dealing with that? Uh, still dealing with it for sure. Every day at practice, I just wish we had a game the next day. But what can you do? You know. Have you noticed any differences in practice without the games and not really knowing what the future holds? Have practices been even more intense than maybe they usually are? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that at times there's definitely those practices where we scrimmage and like. Whereas usually that's just looked at as a quick little scrimmage in practice. That's like our, our game now. So you get everybody's best effort. And I think the little things are more what people are looking forward to each day. So 
yeah, it's definitely a different feel. And some days it's harder than others, but it, it brings out the best in everybody at times. To be great at something, you want to compete and you want to win, right? So where are you seeking to win right now without games against other teams? Practice every day. I bring new, new challenges upon the team that I'm with. Um, just the other day, we had a little 6v6 tournament and Jen offered the winner swig. So that anything on the line always, <laughs> always makes it more intense. So uh, my team was, we won. So we got swig just the other day for... Uh, for winning that tournament. <laughs> everybody loves rewards, right? Come on. Who doesn't? Who, yeah. Everybody loves Especially rewards. Especially our team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so give give everybody an idea of what this team is like, because there's a lot of new faces. Obviously, you're back and Cam Tucker's back. Last year, you guys only lost one senior. This year, completely different. So you got a lot of new faces on the roster this year. Give everybody an idea of the makeup of this team and, and what this team's like. Yeah, I think just as you said, with losing a lot of girls, um, it kind of it shows that there's a lot of room for opportunities. So there's a lot of girls fighting for spots. And um, I think that just brings out a new level of competition within people and different more practices are intense because of it as everybody's fighting for a spot. And there's lots of um, there's big shoes to fill. So I think everybody's kind of just trying to reach new levels and it, it brings a really good environment. And I think our team is just overall working really hard and kind of a team that's full of grit. Now I assume, and this happened with football. Remind me, is this a, this, this is a free year, right? Uh, you were supposed to be a senior, but you could be a senior next fall as well, right? Yes. That's what has been announced so far, at least. Are you coming back next year to continue to play? <laughs> Well, uh, that's the plan. I, I don't know. A lot can change, but that's the plan. Okay, let's hope that you do come back because I think there's unfinished <laughs> business, right, um, to be able to continue to build with this team, which that was such a banner year. It was so good. You guys didn't lose a game till the very end, Elite Eight, magical year, conference title. What was your – some of your best memories from what was a very special season last year? Yeah, last year was unforgettable. The team was so fun. Every day at practice – you're with all your best friends. We were, like you said, winning all the time. So that's always a good feeling. The vibes at practice were always good. And I think overall, we just had fun. And that's what made us so successful. We enjoyed being with each other. We talked, we had good chemistry and talked through problems all the time together. And it obviously resulted in some really good things. So yeah, but we always want to do better. So this year, I'm, I'm looking forward, like you said, hopefully in the spring, we're able to do something and make another run. But are, are you guys right now planning on having a spring? I know there's so much up in the air, but I mean, is that what the team is working for is to play something in the spring? Yeah. So because that hasn't been ruled out yet, I think that's the goal. Um, that's what we have in the back of our minds at practice so that we're kind of working for something closer than a year away. You know, we're, we have something in mind, a goal in mind. So there's actually been some talk about it recently and I think it's starting to look a little bit better and there's going to be, a vote on it in the next week um, by the NCAA to see if it could happen. So, yeah, fingers crossed that that, that will work. Listen, we're hoping for quadruple headers of <laughs> men and women's hoops, women's soccer, men and women's volleyball. You know, we could have five games in a day. You know, our producers are stressing out thinking about that, but that could be fun. Yeah, that would, that would make things crazy. That'd be legit. We'll just start at 6 in the morning. We'll go till 10 at night. Um, last yeah. year you had what? Was it 16 goals, 7 assists? Do I have those numbers correct? 
Yes. Okay, and Elise had like 20,000 goals. I think she had 20 goals. <laughs> How many of her goals do you want to add to your total next season? <laughs> as many as possible. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't quite put a number on it, but I'm always looking to reach for Elise's goals, you know, set, match her uh, match her level that she's set, and I think we'll, we'll be good. <laughs> it, it was such an amazing display last year of not only offense but defense. You guys didn't have, give up a goal forever. You gave up hardly any throughout the season. Um, how, how do you kind of continue that, like you said, with a group that did lose some pieces, but you return a lot of talent? Yeah, I just think setting the tone, you know, like those of us who are returning, just keeping that level high at practice, knowing kind of what the expectation is. And then girls just naturally start to fill those spots. You know, they they know what was before them. They know what's expected of them. And they naturally uh, rise to that level. Kayla, who are some of the the young players that maybe people don't necessarily know a whole lot about right now that maybe have caught your eye that you think are going to be huge, um, you know, pluses for this program moving forward? Yeah, I think we have, you know, our freshman class, they're all starting to adjust and stepping up. Uh, we have an outside back. Her name's Tara Warner. She She's done really well so far. I think she'll be big for us. Um, with losing a lot of defenders, there's a lot of spots there for sure. Um, also, Abby, she's a freshman. She's started to do really well. She competes every day. Um, she impresses me with her work ethic. Uh, besides that, I think we have a lot of players that have been on the team and have played roles, but their roles just increasing, you know, Jamie always, she did awesome last year. It's going to be big for her to continue that and play in the midfield big this year. Um, we have Olivia Wade who returned from her mission. She'll be a big role. And I think she's starting to get back into it and adjusting and it'll be exciting to see what she can do. Cause she had an awesome freshman year before she left. So yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of opportunities there for sure. Well, it's going to be fun, but also sad to be at Southfield thinking about the moments we won't have this fall, but we'll enjoy the time <laughs> together tomorrow night on the BYU TV app with the blue and white scrimmage. Uh, over under two goals for you in that. What, let's say over. Okay, That's let's say over. I like the optimism. I love it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> okay, Michaela, we appreciate the time. Good luck tomorrow night. Okay, thanks, guys. Okay, that's Michaela Coulihan, first-team All-American from a year ago. What a spectacular year for BYU women's soccer. On the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, uh, Deseret First, you know why, we show how. It was so, so magical. That year was so fun. It's a real bummer, honestly, to uh, not have a season this year. Yeah, it really is. This is a team, as you know, we talked about with her, that she, there's a lot of new faces, but there's, you know, she's back, Cameron Tucker's back. You know, you've got, you've got your forwards, and then you've got, you know, Michaela in the mid that can score li- like a forward yes. from the midfield, and she is she's so dangerous. And I, I, she she's one of those players that when they do get a chance to play, she she's going to be one of the uh, the top two people that defenses have to pay attention to for sure. Absolutely, I think BYU's best player going into whatever the next season is. What's, what's yeah, exactly. When, yeah, whenever that is. And like she said, she's planning on coming back. This is a, a free year for literally, I think, every NCAA athlete. Just it doesn't count against your. Does this mean this year for us does not count for our eligibility? Yeah, yeah our age. Yeah, no one's age advances. FYI. Sweet. Just, that's fun. 31 right? for another year. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So check that out. Women's <laughs> – nice. Edward Cullen. Uh, <laughs> BYU women's soccer, blue and white scrimmage, tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, on the BYU TV app. That's Batman to you, by the way. Sorry. All right. Coming up, 2020 NFL predictions for Cougars in the league. And a special tribute in our Rise and Shoutout on this 9-11. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. For Cougar Sports game highlights, interviews, and archived content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. Welcome back. He like is right Jason. now, literally yeah. right now, do it yeah. today. We'll take a moment. Go ahead. Okay, he is Jason. I am, <laughs> I am Jerem, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Time now for the Cougar Whip Round, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Okay, senior linebacker Isaiah Kafusa says this is the best team he has been on. This offense, I think, is the best that I've seen. Um, the offensive line, phenomenal. I mean, they're the best, I think, the best line in the country. Um, and, and Zach really t- has, just takes control of of the offense. You know, it's his offense. He runs it, and uh, he's, he's just a phenomenal quarterback. And, you know, I really trust him. And then, obviously, we saw what the running backs did uh, behind the O-line. But, and then even on defense, we just have so many, so many players with experience, um, so many veterans, you know, that have high football IQs, that play hard. We've got a lot of experience. So, uh, um, you know, to answer that question, I, this, is the, this is the best team that I've been a part of. Well, well, well. Are you buying that this is the best team you always had in you? Look, certainly I, Isaiah would know. I mean, he's with these guys every day. But I, look, after one game, I, it may turn out to be that way. But after one game, I can't go there. I, I think you have to look at the at an offense that has Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams on it, right? 2016, right? Yes, 2016 to me is still the Satake era best team. Perhaps this team goes... Eight or nine. Where are the blue goggles? Do you mind? I uh, keep switching seats. There you go. There you go. Uh, perhaps this team goes undefeated, and we have a discussion about that. Yeah, it could change. It's it's after one game. Yes. By the end of the season, that may be a very accurate statement. But he's right. Uh, Zach Wilson's grown. The O line's better. It's all one game, though. It's all one game. Okay. So is this the best O line in the nation? Okay. PFF Pro Football Focus says BYU has the number one offense. They have the uh, number one run blocking, second uh, highest run grade. Uh, that's only through you know a handful of teams that have played. Yes. Through week zero one and and last night what Miami and UAB uh, maybe a couple others um, right now it is right now it is I, I I wouldn't say that they're going to be the number one all year I would guess that Alabama and Clemson and right. some of those uh, you know powerhouses will uh, be in the mix as well I'm but but BYU's really good yeah they, I, they look good I, I'm with you right now I think they are with the teams that have played I would say BYU's O line is the best in the country yeah baby let's take it. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic tweeted, Is it too late for BYU to schedule Ohio State? Would you want to see that game on the schedule if it were possible? Big Ten's still figuring out what they're doing. Look, if you get an opportunity to play Ohio State, you play Ohio State. That end of the discussion. Yeah. If you get a chance to play them, you play them. End of discussion. I don't feel like I can answer now. No, I literally am saying I oh. don't want you to answer. Oh, good. End of discussion. Yeah, let's okay, no, go please. Answer. Oh, oh uh, sure, why not? Um, I think BYU does need to play and have a game that validates the season. Even if BYU played that and that was the only loss, but BYU was competitive, I think that would go a long way. Still, still, because losers talk about margin of victory, but I think that would help BYU's cause in the pursuit of something special. Get the, get the Buckeyes in Provo? Yeah, that wouldn't <laughs> uh, happen. No. That wouldn't happen. By the way, it was funny. Uh, <laughs> some fans or fan last night like saw a Tom Homo tweet from 2017 saying, should we schedule this game at Ohio State? Yeah. I was in the stadium the same day as Tom because BYU men's volleyball was playing at Ohio State and it eventually lost that. But, yeah, it was an old tweet. Yeah, from, yeah it was several years ago. <laughs> 
All right. Army plays Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. While Western Kentucky, you boys, mm-hmm. take okay. on uh, Louisville this weekend. Yeah. How much will we be watching these future Cougar opponents? 100% of snaps. I watched the entire Army game against Middle Tennessee State. I watched the entire Texas State uh, against SMU game. I will watch 100% of these snaps at some point this week. Uh, I am guaranteed to watch all of the Army game, uh, mostly because that's BYU's next opponent. I don't know if I'll watch Western Kentucky. That's later. I, I may watch it at some point, but I'm guaranteed. Do you have a DVR? I do have a DVR. Don't you still use TiVo? I still say I'm going to tape it, by the way. Do you? I still say that, even though it's DVR. Let's watch the film. Yeah, I st- the film room. That's I still the say, hey, I do. Uh, ask my wife, did you tape that? But she knows what I mean. Yes. But, yeah, I will for sure watch Army. I'm I'm iffy on Western Kentucky. They're down the road a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, in an eight-game season, down the road is not that far. It's just around the corner. (laughs) College Hoops insider John Rothstein says, several men's hoops conference executives have told teams in their league they should plan on eight non-conference games. Is eight enough? Um, Is it enough? No. Uh, Will I be happy if you get eight? Yeah, because I had it in my mind that we were probably going to go into this college basketball season that wouldn't start until January and it would be conference only. That's like what I was worried about. So BYU or any league is able to get eight non-conference games on top of their conference schedule, I will certainly take that. I would love more, but if you're able to get eight, I'll take it. It's normally 15, and I would ask this question. Mark Pope told us he thinks or has been told November 25th will be the starting point. If it's only two weeks delayed, why eight fewer games? Wouldn't right. it just be, what, two or four fewer games? I don't understand why it would be uh, seven or eight fewer games. All right, Utah Royals FC acquired former BYU women's soccer and Alta High standout Michelle Vasconcelos from the Chicago Red Stars. Is this the best fit oh, for the former Cougar? Yeah, she's home. Alta, as you mentioned, uh, in Salt Lake Valley back here. No, this is great. I I wish Ashley Hatch could come back too and those two team up again. That would be pretty cool because they had some spectacular goals at BYU. Yeah, I mean, Utah Royals, they're they're a really good team, really good club. And to be able to have somebody that has name recognition within the state and you know she's a really good soccer player, it's it's win-win for everybody. And they just lost Kristen Press to England. I believe Manchester City as well. Okay, Chiefs got a dub last night. Jason, are they going to repeat as champs? In a word, yes. In, in your unbiased opinion. Uh, I think Baltimore is a good pick to win it. How dare you. It hurts me to say San Francisco is a uh, good pick to win it. Seattle, I think, will do what they do, which is make the playoffs and win a game or two. But the uh, there's no pass rush there, so it probably isn't happening. But playoffs, we're talking about playoffs. Let's go. I wish the Mariners would jump on that wagon. <laughs> All right, coming up, NFL predictions. Which former Coug is the most likely to play in the Super Bowl? We also know the answer to that. Good question. Yes, we do. (laughs) And Eric Mateos, the offensive line coach, will join us. Why he isn't drinking the poison of hype. A Chief fan with Jason. This is going to be dangerous. This is BYU Sports. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coordinators Corner returns on Monday. Join Greg Rubel as he talks with the coordinators, Jeff Grimes, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lance. Mondays, 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on the BYU TV app. It'll be a fun conversation uh, post-Navy. 
pre-Army didn't get to have that show last week because it was on game day. That's right. The first time since 1929. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Show's on demand as well. If you missed it live, no worries. Download the podcast or check out BYUSN.com. Yeah, as a uh, fellow Kansas City native and Chiefs fan, it was fun to be able to talk with offensive line coach Eric Mateos after BYU football practice uh, last night. Of course, we talked about the offensive line, but our interview also just happened to coincide with the start of the Chiefs game. Here's my conversation with Eric Mateos on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Coach. Now, we're both Chiefs fans. We're both originally from Kansas City. And right now, the Chiefs game is actually going on. Uh, this mm-hmm. may be one of the quickest interviews in the history of quick interviews, so we can get back and actually watch this game. And, and you actually have it on your phone right now, right? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It uh, appears to be third down. I don't have my contacts in, so I'm not exactly sure. But, yeah, and that's why – that's the sole reason I have the biggest iPhone they sell, so I can do things like this. It's, it's basically just so that we can have another uh, a, a TV in our pocket. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Now, before we get into the stuff, you know, like the football BYU stuff, Chiefs obviously coming off a Super Bowl championship. I've got my, uh, my Super Bowl champion T-shirt on right now. Uh, are we going to repeat? Are we running it back, as the Chiefs like to say? You think? I think. I think we. Uh, I think we are. I mean, I think we didn't lose any. We didn't lose any offensive weapons. I really like the development of the uh, the second and third tight ends we have on the roster. I think the O line is improved. I think we'll we'll miss the right guard uh, early, but I think after a while, I think they'll get in sync more on the O line. And uh, I like where the defense is at. I like where their mindset is. And so I think I think we're going to run it back. All right. I like your I like your optimism. Once we're done with the interview, we'll get back and actually watch the game tonight. <laughs> but let's let's focus on the stuff that people are actually tuning in to hear us discuss. And that's some BYU football and man alive. What a performance on Monday in Annapolis for BYU 55 to 3. Just a, a throttling of the midshipmen. After a few days now to look at the tape, how pleased were you? with the play of the offensive line. I, I, I know that you, you don't want to give too much credit and let their heads get too big, but that was a dominating performance up front. Yeah, um, I'm pretty frustrated with uh, a couple of red zone drives we had there. Um, you know, one, I think our third or fourth possession, not, not finishing with a touchdown and running it in. Uh, that bothered me quite a bit. I was really irritated with uh, the two-minute drill. We didn't get the third down on third and two. So there's still a couple things that we went into this offseason really focusing on that I think we still have a lot to a lot of work to do. I mean, I mean, we made a big point of emphasis. If we want to improve in the red zone, we have to improve running the ball in the red zone. And so I think we did that to an extent, but I think we still missed, uh, missed some opportunities there running it in, in the red zone. Um, and then, uh, in the two minute drill that the third and the third and two, we ran a zone, uh, to the right side and, and we got tackled, um, uh, and we had to go for a quarterback sneak on fourth and one just to, to keep the drive going. So those are two things that I think we got to get taken care of. And then, uh, Zach got hit, uh, uh, Baylor got hit once, um, on a screen in the second half. And that bothered me too. So uh, we got to get those things cleaned up. But if we if we attack those, then we'll get better. Well, spoken like a true coach. Certainly, you want this team to get better, regardless of the outcome. But uh, but I'm curious when you, when you look at the big picture, so much preparation is involved in getting these guys ready. You know better than anybody the talent that is there on the offensive line. So knowing what's there from a talent perspective, coaching these guys up. 
How satisfying is it, though, for you to see these guys come out and execute at such a high level? I mean, that's why you coach is because you want to see your players have success. Um, I really find nothing more satisfying in coaching than seeing my players go play in the NFL or seeing my players smiling after a win. And that's what motivates me as a coach. So uh, I spend my time working so they can have those feelings and so it's very satisfying. It's, I, I, nothing makes me happier than seeing them happy after a win and seeing them proud of their work. And, but also it's, it's my job to also bring them down to earth. Um, uh, you know, we only had in my, with my grading, we only had one player grade out with an A for the game. And we only had three players grade out with a winning grade over 85%. So, um, with my grading system, we're still not five guys grading out over 85. And until we do that, we're not, uh, we're not anywhere close where we need to be to be, to reach our goals. Who was the one guy that graded out as an A in your estimation? Uh, Clark, Clark graded out 90% uh, with six knockdowns and one great effort block. So how much of what we saw on Monday against Navy, and I'm not just talking about just from the offensive line, from what the running backs did, and boy, were they impressive, Zach and Romney coming in, the receivers. How much of that do you think is sustainable moving forward? It better be sustainable. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's offensive football. Offensive football is execution. And you have a style of play, and then you have schemes that you use that fit your style of play. And um, our, our, our style will not change. Uh, throughout the course of the season, we might r- have some wrinkles in our schemes, but uh, the style in which we play, you should expect to see that every game. And that's my expectation. And that should be the expectation of all that support us. It has been a pretty big week for you in general. You get the big win on the big stage Monday night, and then you get engaged this week. First and foremost, mm-hmm. congratulations. But Thank here's you. the question I want to ask you, Eric. What was the bigger victory? Getting her to say yes or the win over Navy? Uh, definitely, definitely, uh, Jillian saying yes was the much bigger victory for me. Um, and I'm not just saying that either. Uh, she's, she's an amazing woman. I'm very lucky to have her in my life. And it was a huge uh, moment for me in my life and my personal life. And I'm very grateful for her and her family and I'm uh, looking forward to the future. And, and cause I'm going to have, uh, I tell people all the time, you're going to have a lot of game days. You're going to have a lot of logos you wear on your shirt throughout your career, but, uh, she's going to be my ride or die. And, and, uh, I'm really happy about that. Are we allowed to know how you proposed, uh, or is that something that's a little too personal to share with BYU Sports Nation? I uh, just took her to a bad Mexican restaurant. <laughs> that's it. Look at you, you big softy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there's some other stuff in there, but uh, we'll just keep it between us. All right, that's understandable. Well, well, con- I, I know I speak for everyone. I say congratulations. Um, so right now, Army would be the next opponent, obviously not this weekend. They've played one game. By the time you face them, they'll w- they will have played uh, two games. What have you seen from the Black Knights when you look at the tape early on this season? Disciplined. Um, they keep it relatively simple so their players can play very fast. Uh, very physical team. They play well with their hands. Uh, extremely energetic. They swarm to the football. You notice those kind of things on film. Um, I would say one thing that I've just noticed in the last 48 hours is 
is they they play together and they look like they're having a lot of fun playing football. And you can tell how much they appreciated the opportunity to play their game similar to how we appreciated it. And uh, they were they, they played extremely hard in their previous contest. And, and we are very excited to play them because we know that we're going to have to bring our best shot if we're going to win the game. Well, and I, I think that this angle has been brought up more on the defensive side, going up against the option and having the extra time to prepare. But what type of advantage do you think it is to have an extra week to prepare for an opponent this early in the year? I, I was saying this even with our Navy game. Uh, even with all the preparation for Navy, I did not feel like we were prepared until we got on that plane, until I was grading the test that night on Sunday night. You know, once I graded the test, then I said, okay, we're prepared. So as a coach, I don't think you ever feel, extre- you know, prepared until the foot hits the ball, to be honest with you. So no matter how much time you have on a team, you just always feel like there's more and more work to do and more to accomplish. So I've never really been able to take a breath, even with a bye week. I still feel a sense of urgency to get started. And and uh, sometimes the challenge tends to be don't get too much on the call sheet or don't install too much offense just because you have extra time. Uh, let's not get too crazy or too creative. Let's 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 may have a balance there where we want to take advantage of the extra time, but we don't want to overload our players just because we have a few extra days. And all of a sudden there's an oversaturation point. And so we want to avoid that as well. So it's not where, oh, we have extra days, so let's put in 30 extra plays. It's You don't want to do that either. So there's a balance there. All right, Coach, we'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll let you and myself get to the Chiefs game. I, I don't know what the score is. You're looking over there. Uh, blink blink yeah. once if we're ahead, blink twice if we're behind. It's this. I think it's good. I don't have my contacts in. That's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> all right, <laughs> Coach. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Congratulations on the win. Congratulations again on getting engaged. That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Thank you very much. That was Eric Mateos, offensive line coach on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. You know why we show how. I think it was what seven nothing Houston, perhaps at that point. Uh, yeah, that it would have been seven nothing Houston yeah. at that point. And yeah. then it was like thirty. Then it was thirty one unanswered. Thirty one unanswered. Mm-hmm. So it went really well. It was it was a blessed evening. Yeah. Speaking of the NFL, we will bring up our NFL predictions that involve former Cougars coming up. And today's rise and shout out on this date that we always remember every year, 9-11. This is BYU Sports Day. BYU Sports Nation's rise and shout out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. show is also available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio app. All right, let's do some Cougars in the NFL predictions for the upcoming NFL season. Let's start with this. Which practice squad guy will play in the most games this season, Jason? Uh, I'm going to go with Tyson Williams. Uh, I thought they actually had a chance to make the uh, the 53-man roster, got put on the uh, the practice squad. Yeah. I, I, think he'll, I think he'll get in there. Yeah. yeah. No way the initial one, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins on there. That, that would yeah, be hard. Sometimes you keep three, sometimes. Yeah. Um, Corbin Kafusi, I think, will get an opportunity at t- offensive tackle for the Jets. How about that? Okay. All right. Which Coug in the NFL will have the most tackles this season? I think Kyle Van Noy is a uh, good, great player on a bad team. So I think he's going to rack up a ton of them. Hopefully not. That means the Dolphins have more success for him. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Fred Warner in the San Francisco 49ers. This yeah. guy, if memory serves, he led the team in tackles last year. Good safe pick. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with Fred Warner. Yeah, that's, a, that's the second best choice. Who will have the most touchdowns this season? 
Uh, I am going to go with one Taysom Hill. I've heard of him. Yes, uh, I am going to say Taysom Hill with the Saints. Uh, I don't know if it will be as a running back, as a tight end, throwing a a touchdown as a quarterback. I don't know. Blocking a punt. Blocking a punt, returning it. But he will have the most touchdowns in terms of former Cougars. Interesting that BYU only has two offensive players in the league at skill positions, Mm -hmm. right? Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams. I thought Taysom Hill had significantly more touchdowns than Jamal Williams last year. That's not the case. It was 7-6. to six. I'll go Jamal Williams. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has said he's come back with an extra Glowing reviews of yes, Jamal. absolutely, even as the number two running back. Yeah. Okay, who is most likely to make the Pro Bowl? Uh, I'll go Van Noy for the same reason I brought up. I, th- I think that Van Noy will have a standout year for the Dolphins. I think there are other safer picks, but I'm high on KVN being a really good player on the Dolphins. I, I think he's going to be fantastic in Miami. I'm going to also go with Fred Warner. I, I just I, I can only do so many Fred Warner and Niners picks. I understand. As a I understand the the <laughs> the confusion there, but yeah, I, I think Fred Warner is is a guy that uh, that could could get there absolutely. Yeah, and last but not least, which player is most likely to win the Super Bowl? I don't even know why I'm asking you this question. Yeah, it's Daniel Sorensen because we know that the Chiefs are going to be back to back. They're running it back, as they like to say in KC. I do think Daniel Sorensen has the best shot. Yep, I, I think he does. Uh, You'd think the Saints at some point could get over the hump, uh, but maybe not. Uh, Taysom Hill was so close to being in the Super Bowl we, uh, a couple years ago. We almost had a, uh, a double Cougar Super Bowl. Well, and, and a lot of people are picking Kansas City versus New Orleans in the Super Bowl. That's could, a lot of people's awesome. pick. That, that certainly makes a lot Can of sense. Can you imagine Hill's tackled by Warner in a Super Bowl? That'd or be- by Sorensen. Or by Sorensen. Look at you. Gary, <laughs> question of the day. What if you got like offended? That was great. What impact will the Jackson McChesney injury have on the BYU offense this season? The elite voice of the day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at the Casual Hippie on Twitter. Not much unless more injuries happen. Of course, Warner and uh, Hill are in the NFC together. Jackson was adding depth, but not a key starter. So minimal impact outside depth. I don't know that that's the case. I think Jackson could have sort of made his way in there. I'm with you, though, that he's probably the number three, given what we saw in, in the first week. But, yeah, that's, that's important because if some guy has a calf strain one week or whatever, that's going to be hard. It's all about those two top running backs staying healthy for the remainder of the season. Yeah, let's pray they stay healthy. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. I don't think anyone will forget where they were on 9-11. That was such an impactful moment, of course, in uh, American history. Many people died. Many people sacrificed to uh, try and rescue as many people as they could. I think back, uh, Jason, as we've talked this morning to 2014 when BYU hosted Houston on 9-11 on ESPN. The card stunt we will never forget the American log- uh, flag at the middle of the field and the helmets were really special. Yeah, a lot of sacrifices were made on that day. People gave their lives, also people uh, willing to volunteer and help out any way they could. So certainly we, we all say today we'll never forget. That's certainly the case. Yeah, 19 years ago from this date. All right, thanks to today's guest, Eric Mateos and Michaela Coulihan. Yeah, conversation continues on the internet. Follow BYU Sports Nation. Sorry, Dennis Pitt, no time for Jason. I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Mike O'Neill. See you tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, BYU TV app, women's soccer, blue and white game. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go Cougs.